What's up, fellow elk fanatics? If you want to be a better elk hunter, you want to kill more elk, you need a system. And after years of interviewing the best elk hunters in the world, I've put together a four-step system, a framework, if you will, to help you get to the next level. Every single one of the best elk hunters have their system. It just took them 20 years to develop that. And this course is a blueprint for you to develop your system and make you a better hunter. Feedback has been pouring in and everyone says we could charge double for this course, but right now it's only 30 bucks and you get the audio only version. So it's like listening to a podcast. This course skips all the fluff that you got from other courses or you already know and gets right to what you need to know and help you develop your system. And I think that's what people really love about it. No fluff. In three and a half hours, you will have a system that took me 20 years to develop. So if that's not worth $30, I don't know what is. Check the link in the show notes if you want to check out the Elk Hunt 201 course. It's pretty powerful, pretty amazing, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Alrighty, welcome to Wapiti Wednesday. Uh, another good day to talk about elk. We got young Matthew on. <laughs> Is this your, is your first appearance on the podcast? Yeah, this is my first time on the podcast. So Matthew's kind of taken Jaden's spot lately. Jaden <laughs> basically has his own podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so it won't be long before Matthew does. Uh, so we're in the studio. We're going to talk some elk stuff. Uh, we were, ta- or Matthew was talking, I mean, asked me questions. And these are kind of how the whole podcast start with Jaden too. It was Jaden just asking me a bunch, a bunch of questions, which is good because I feel like Jaden and yourself are our average listener, most guys like, Hey, this is where we're at. Uh, so Matthew's going to jump on. We're going to talk about finding big bulls. Um, backstory, Iowa kid, moved to Bozeman. Iowa kid. Yep. Flatlander. Killed your first bull elk this year. Yep. First bull this year. First archery elk. Yeah. So yeah, it was an exciting year, but <laughs> Yeah. Time to start chasing bigger bulls. <laughs> so what makes you want to like you kill one bull and then you just want to kill giants or what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. When you find big bulls, it makes you want to, uh, makes you want to try and chase them and kill them. It was, it was fun just trying to chase any bull, but just like spending all of September in the woods instead of like just killing the first thing that gets within archery range. So do you feel like a whitetail hunting background makes you kind of want to like, not hunting the same way, but like in the same aspect of like, you're like trying to find a big, the biggest buck, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like we knew we'd run cameras and we kind of knew the biggest, the biggest whitetail on the property. Yeah. And you're just kind of holding out until like you're spending the whole season in the tree until late November. And then maybe you'll just find something else to fill the tag. But if he doesn't walk in front of you, you're probably not so drawn you feel back like until... your elk hunting is kind of becoming the same way. Yeah. I'm going to get addicted like that <laughs> and not draw back until I find the biggest bull or until I get within range of the biggest bull I found all summer. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of this stems from, so Matthews through scouting last year, found a shooter bull. Like I would shoot for sure. Uh solid shooter bull, uh, had a great season, ended up killing a good six point bull, but it wasn't that bull. Yeah. Uh, and so a lot of this is like, you never even put your eyes on that. No, I like, never even he saw never him during season. Hunted your face off, couldn't turn him up. And so like a lot of the questions Matthew's had for me is like, okay, how do I, how do I find this bull? I think is what it stems from or yeah. a bull like this. So, um, we had talked about doing kind of a 301 podcast. I don't feel comfortable calling it 301 yet, but in a nutshell, we like started this 101 to 201 thing. It was like, going from being lucky to consistent. And then I think the next level is being consistent is to like searching out particular bulls or, you know, age clash or whatever, like 
giant bulls. It's really hard to get into that without seeming like a trophy hunter, arrogant, whatever. <laughs> like a lot of it is though for me. And I think most people know this. Like I just want to chase the big bull. I'm more interested in what's over the next ridge than I yeah. am in filling my tag and having to go home. Uh, just, I don't know, obsessed with turning up elk, finding elk. I do love the part of like finding a bull on game camera. And then it's like trying to find him in the mountain. Like where did he yeah. go? Like trying to put the pieces together. Whether that's scouting, whether that's the like e-scouting even to like trying to where could this bull go to like searching different areas, like all these things that go kind of go into tracking down the big bull, right? Uh, so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to dive into how to kill a bigger bull. Um, I guess to kick this off, uh, we're going to talk, I guess we'll go for like how do we search, right? Yeah. And so one of the questions uh, Matthew had was like, how does it different? How does it search different? So, man, there's so much to get into. Uh, it starts out like once you, you have to start looking for, like, if you want to kill a bigger bull, it have to start looking for areas where bulls can get big. That means age. Like you have to have the mm-hmm. genetics for sure. But at the end of the day, I believe that it's more about age. So you have to find that older age class bulls. And so a lot of these are going to dive into like, okay, where can a bull get old? One of the problems that you have or we people like yourself is like you only have the weekends to hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, and so not being able to like go eight miles into the backcountry because it's not efficient. You're going to be back to school on Monday or whatever um, is finding pockets, finding the hidden holes, finding the the gaps between the hunters. Right. And that's kind of what you figured out this year is like you did a really good job of, OK, hunt this area for a while. You kind of know the pressure you kind of worked the cracks to find where there wasn't pressure. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I found the bulls in the summer, um, was walking out from checking a trail cam and found seven bulls with the, um, big six by seven and, um, in the group. And then the bull I ended up killing in the group. And so going into the season, I was like, okay, this is where I'm hunting. This is where they're hanging out all summer. Had an own trail cam, saw them in person. And then season came and I noticed like there was pressure kind of near where I had cameras and uh, the big bull disappeared. Um, so then I had to kind of change my game plan and hunt a little bit different area. And that's where all those bulls had moved to. That's Well, where I, I just kind of walk them. through like your experience this year because like you found the bull <clears throat> hunting pressure had basically shifted that where the elk were. Mm-hmm. And then how, what did you have to do to like get to, to find those bulls, to find those elk? Yeah, I ended up. Everybody was kind of going up high from the trailhead. Everybody was hitting um, hitting the trails and going straight up, like, towards the higher elevation stuff. And I kind of noticed that through talking to people and just watching. And so after opening weekend, um, I decided, like, right at the trailhead, just to start bushwhacking it. And mm-hmm. so I was never on a trail the whole time. And the bulls, like, had kind of moved into lower elevation because all the hunters were up high. Um, but that big bull never showed. And so I think he might've stayed up high somewhere, just somewhere that the hunters couldn't get to. Yeah. Cause you could, you could almost see these bulls, um, from the road where I ended up killing them. Um, you would just have to hike up over a little tiny ridge yeah. and you'd be able to, um, see them, but you can't see them from any of those trails or anything like that. So I think that big bull was smart enough to know like he shouldn't be hanging out in that low stuff where you could see him if you he were... could. He also could have been right there. Yeah, like, there's, he might have. I mean, very well could yeah. have just like separated him a hundred yards, maybe two, a couple hundred yards from the yeah. 
that small group and been close by. Yeah. It's hard to say. Uh, I want to back up. So, I mean, we're talking like now getting into these little pockets. We'll dive into that a little bit. But when we talk for most people, when it comes to, you know, hey, we want to kill big bulls, you got to find areas that have big bulls, a.k.a. age class. Another thing that I'm seeing, and I wanted to talk about this a little bit because it came up this weekend when we were hunting in this area. I was in uh, with some friends. Looks good. Looks okay. But it's the kind of stuff I used to hunt. And what I mean by that was kind of, it was just to me like your average elk hunting spot. Lots of roads, lots of Mm -hmm. camps along the roads. There's elk sign, but it's like, you can just tell. Elk are going to get pushed. They're going to like, they're always going to be hunted. And it's, it's timber hunting, which is good sometimes, but oftentimes what that ends up being is like, you're making last minute decisions. So it's like, you're never consistently going to kill a big bull in that area. Somebody's going to kill a giant there every year, maybe. Mm -hmm. Right. But you're not consistently going to kill elk in a place like that. Similar to the place you're hunting. Um, it's, you know, it's heavy. There's lots of hunting pressure. Mm Mm-hmm. Having said that, you know, sometimes that's all you can do. You know, if you have to be at work or whatever, you can only hunt the weekends. Sometimes you have to deal with that, but finding the pockets in there. So when I go back and I look at the overall big picture, you know, choosing the location is pretty key. Um, It's going to be tough. Big bulls are killed on time and field. And this Mm -hmm. is where it's like, it's tough for me. Like, I'm not going to call us, you know, I'm not going to bullshit you and say like, oh yeah, you can kill a bull on the, you know, giant bull on the weekends. Like, there are things we can do and, and we can work towards that. But like at the end of the day, like big bulls are killed with time and field. And a lot of that, when I, when I want to pick an area, I have to find the areas that are going to meet all those criteria. Can a bull get old? Can he have enough cover or escape routes to get away from people? Um, is there, maybe they're accessing private, you know, maybe the hustle move is a better option for certain mm-hmm. people because like, you know, big bulls are on this big ranch and they come off when season starts hitting. So mm-hmm. like, these are all things that can work to your benefit and you have to just kind of look at like what you have available. If you only have weekends available and you can't go super deep, obviously that's kind of out. Um, but if you're willing to like bushwhack or, you know, hunt the peripherals or whatever, scout a lot, there's like, everybody has their own things that are going to work for them. Mm-hmm. When we talk about this, like with being a college student, it's like you can hunt the weekends, which means you can hunt, you can start scouting right now. You've already yep. been scouting. So you can put a ton of time into that. Um, so like finding what works for you, <clears throat> not to get too lost, but it's like, okay, so I want to choose an area where bulls can get old. They have the age class and there's not going to be a ton of hunters uh, because that's, it's never going to be conducive. Like you may know where a big bull is and I'm going to pick on you a little bit because you may know where the, a giant bull is. But there also may be 0.0 chance of killing that bull mm-hmm. because maybe he goes on to private every year yeah. and never comes off. Maybe there's just so much pressure that, you know, you're you're going to end up shooting a bull. Not only to say out of self-defense, but it's like you guys that end up shooting, calling bulls in and like you don't get to see what he is till 20 yards usually mm-hmm. end up shooting one yeah. that's less than what they thought. That's right. just life. Well, I, mean, I thought the bull I killed this year was <laughs> right? like a 470 bull. <laughs> and he was like 260, but that's what happens when the first Dude, six point the comes sa- I mean, in. the same thing, like last year, it still happens to me. And my buddy Sean was giving me crap for this because he's like, yeah, you put yourself in that situation. I'm not like speaking as an expert. I'm speaking as yeah. like someone who screwed this up even as l- recently as last yeah. year. It's like when you put yourself in the situation where you got to like, you're calling in a bull and you got to make uh a two second call at 15 mm-hmm. yards 
you're going to pull the trigger. Like you're always going to think he's 50 inches bigger than he yeah. is. And that's just elk hunting and that's fine. Yeah. Um, so like trying to limit those scenarios is going to be, if you really want to kill big bulls, like yeah. don't put yourself in the, a position to make a bad decision. Mm-hmm. And that like, it's kind of funny, but like, it's so true, man. Like yeah. if you're going to call in, if you're going to cow call for elk, like it works. But at the end of the day, what's going to happen is you're going to put yourself where you have to make a decision on whether you want to shoot a small six mm-hmm. and he's standing there at 20 yards broadside. Yeah. And nine times out of 10, you're like, ah, I really want to shoot that bull. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like yeah. that's just life. Um, but taking that decision out can be huge. Yeah. Right. So it's like that goes into where you hunt, that goes into how you hunt, that goes into all these things. Like if you really want to like find that big bull, mm-hmm. don't put yourself. It's like when you're on a diet. And like you have a box of Oreos in the house, you're never going to stick to your diet. If there's a box of Oreos, like take that temptation away. And so that's one of the things I'm working on. We talked about like, okay, how am I approaching bigger bulls? Is like limit the number of opportunities by, I don't cow call as much um, because I don't want to call in a bull that I'm going to have to make a decision on, you know, like I'm taking the Oreos out of the pantry because I don't want to make that bad decision at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. Are you going to hunt? An area if you're if you're scouting all summer and you found a big bull in an area but you're not finding much for other sign maybe like a few cows in a drainage over or whatever um, but you're gonna hunt like really low density yeah areas as long as you find that like one tanker for sure and like that's let's change a lot for me in the last couple of years is like <clears throat> now I feel like I spend a lot of time scouting a lot more time looking for that bull. Uh, I'm also looking for the cows, I'm looking for everything. Cause like in the scenario you have and, or I have, you know, last year I found a few sh- bulls that were right on that line of shooter. There's a couple I would have shot than everyone after. Um, but I'm looking for those bulls in the summer and then I'm going to back play. I don't think he's going to be right there. I don't think he's going to be where I took the trail camp picture, but mm-hmm. then I go back to the onyx and I start pulling pieces out and then I'm start looking for cow sign. I'm looking for rut sign. I'm going back to the, the drawing board to figure out where he's rutting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so take the bull for instance that you had, he's on game camera. He's, I'm just going to assume he could be there. He could be not like he could go 20 miles. He could go like mm-hmm. three herds over. You're kind of SOL at that point. Yeah. But all you have to do is go, okay, I found this big bull here. Where's the most likely place he's going to go breed? It's usually, yeah. you know, within vicinity. Uh, it could be, I would say, five miles. Like, yeah. I don't think that's unrealistic to be, like, within five miles. Yeah. Um, but, and it depends on the area. Like, if you're over east and there's not much elk, like, it's uh, there's very few herds, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and some of these bulls will go, they'll miss a herd and go to the next one or whatever. That's where they rut. But you're like the being able to scout is still putting the pieces together. You're still learning what cows are where, you know, where they're going to be. And you can map that to your onyx and figure out, okay, where are they breeding at? You have previous season knowledge to be like, okay, I find a lot of uh, elk here. I find elk here and I find elk here. This is kind of where I'm seeing rutting activity, all these things. The hard part about any type of heavily impacted area, like hunting pressure it changes everything. Like Mm -hmm. that's so hard to like predict at that point. Yeah. That's why it's like, you really want to get away from that. But at the end of the day, like sometimes you can't because you can only hunt weekends. You can't go super deep. I would still always be focusing. Like my, my scouting efforts would be like, how do I stay away from impacted elk? You know, which elk are not going to be impacted. Mm -hmm. And that could be like small pockets, you know, small areas, like you said, bushwhacking more, like staying away from trails, things like that. 
Or it could just be like, which ranches are not getting hunted or which ones are not getting hunted well, you know, like are those elk using public part-time, like all these things. And so you're still putting all the pieces together to figure it out because when it comes down to it, you kill big bulls during season by being able to eliminate all those mistakes. You know, being like, okay, he's not here. He's got to be here. He's not mm-hmm. here. He's got to be here. Like, where did he go? Yeah. He's got to be within five miles. Like, and that seems big, but honestly, it's not that big. Yeah. That's, I think how I kind of messed up last year. Why I never found him because I found him in the summer. I was like, oh, this is where he's going to be. Mm. Um, and then the bull that he was hanging out with that I killed was running all the cows. Like I, there was probably 60 cows like hanging out in this area all summer long. Every time I was out there, um, just scouting and then antelope hunting and stuff, they were always in the same spot. And then all of a sudden this lot younger bull is running the herd. Mm -hmm. Um, and I never really thought of going and, um, like trying to find where he moved. I was just like, he's gotta be here. Like he was here in late August. Like he's gotta still be around. But when was he, when did we go in there and it was like, like the 15th of the 15th of month. Yeah. Still could have been there. Yeah. Like, I honestly believe that. Yeah, he was just um, waiting until... Yeah, like, dude. Some of those big bulls, like, he's not going to show us... And he could have he could have easily been there within proximity. Mm-hmm. And that's where patience comes in. You know, you can look everywhere, but at the end of the day, if, if he's only breeding at night, or if he is just not even coming to the herd yet, like, this will happen. The guys will say they kill a herd bull, you know... First week of season, like no, well, I mean, technically, by yeah, definition, like this one, by yeah, yeah, technically, I mean, he was running like thirty cows when yeah. I shot him, and was like running off a couple of yeah. raghorns, but I know there was the yeah. herd bull somewhere else. Yeah. Like, it's a it's a loose definition. Yeah, right? like you can have a two sixty herd bull. <laughs> yeah, easily until the fifteenth. Yeah, uh, I've seen, I've seen, I've hunted bulls that were like this. That I mean, September twenty seventh, still only came in at night. I would mm-hmm. still hear a rare bugle never bugle during daylight hours like that's just how they acted yeah so then it's like how do you kill that bull yeah, yeah. you got to find where he is in the dark timber you know he's going somewhere and bedding down right yeah. and if you're gonna play his game if you can get into his bedroom you can sweet sweet talk that bull mm-hmm. you know or if you can find his rubs you know he's he's some yeah, of these, we found some some, some of the high thing, rubs so if you so if you know those rubs yeah leave those cameras up yeah, and see if he's in that area still. And you work backwards. Like you got to play his game, you know, like guys want to go out and bugle a bull in and play the like scream fest. Like some of these big bulls don't do that. You know, they're mm. just, and if he's, but if he's coming to the herd, if he's going back to the same area and he's kind of like bed in this timber patch, can you still hunt it? Like don't yep. be above what it takes to get the bull killed. Right. If that's the type of thing, you know, go in there, slip in the edge, like, I've done this a lot. Slip into an edge of a timber patch that I know there's a big bull in. Like, he's got to be in this timber patch. Like, I'm hearing him at night. He's getting close to the herd. Where's he going? Slip in there. And sometimes you just a couple soft cow calls. If he thinks there's a cow close that's hot, he might get up and investigate. He's mm-hmm. n- probably not going to say a single word. You know, another thing, like, if you want to go early season, start raking. You know, yeah. get that bull. If you start raking within his zone, like, he's still instinctual. He may be smart and he may not want to play the whole game, but. If you start raking in his zone, like he's gonna come investigate, mm-hmm. uh, and he'll get up and and come meet, you know, mander over. Yeah. Or the right day, like multiple times, you can find that bull getting a bugle at night, and you're like, that's him. Like mm-hmm. you got to learn this bull's bugle, 
and you find him at night because he'll bugle at night, right? Because yep. that's what they do. Yep. And you find him at night, then you're like, okay, I'm going to come back until he's hot. That's the day I'm going to kill him. Yep. And so I, I almost guarantee you there's a day or two, maybe th- two or three days where he's stupid. Like yep. They all get that way. It's a certain day. And like, that's, that's the risk, but it's the same way as like giant whitetail, right? Yeah. There's only a couple days where he's going to be dumb running around the middle of the day. Yep. It's not going to be the whole month. He's not like, you know, trying to breed that many does. He's like probably locked down with one and he's fine with that. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to, well, there's, but there's one day where that, that buck's retarded and he's just <laughs> running all over. Right. Yeah. You got to find that day. And I think that's like huge, huge, huge. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely like, I probably wasn't patient enough this year to kill a big bull, which I just wanted to kill a bull this year. I was happy uh. to kill a six point. Um, so maybe if I would have st- like not notched my tag that weekend and waited another weekend, he might have turned up or um, something. But not seeing him for dude, I think some of these Montana bulls don't don't start showing themselves till October. That I have not found elk in October <laughs> yet, so that's a whole another that's a whole another story. I don't think I've, I've maybe seen five cows in the archery season in October. I struggle. Yeah, but once. a lot of these areas that are hit hard. They, by the time snow hits, the non-residents are gone. They're yeah. gone. And so then you're just dealing with like nobody. I mean, then the bulls start loosening up. I don't know. It's worth considering. I mean, I think if you really want to kill big bulls, you want to like, you find that one that's on the trail camera, you got pictures of it, right? Mm-hmm. In order to kill bulls like that or that bull, you got to be patient. Yeah. And you got to be, at number one, you got to be willing to eat your tag. Right. Yeah. Or have the confidence that you can, you know, that's the beautiful thing about Montana is that we can rifle hunt, like yeah. kill a bull. Yeah, like I have no bull. problem with killing a cow during rifle season yeah. just to get the meat, um, if that means yeah. waiting to kill a tanker in the archery season. But So the other thing I want to dive back into, like having weeks and weeks and weeks or months, I guess, to scout. If you can only hunt weekends, I do think this is big, but stop looking for elk. Look for the pockets, search the pockets mm-hmm. that they're going to be in, find the rubs, find the rutting zones. Like you need to be in the field, like spend a weekend, cover ground, cover timber pockets, cover north facing timber pockets. Mm-hmm. Look for that 30 degree slope, spend the time on those, find the trails. Like don't look for elk. So many dudes are going up glassing for elk, right? Mm-hmm. And if you glass last light, first light, I mean, that's cool. I just don't think it's as useful as knowing if you want to kill big bulls as knowing where they could be hiding because yeah. if you have a list of say eight eight timber pockets that this bull could be in like mm-hmm. you've combed a three mile area and you're like this timber pocket through you know a through z these are the timber pockets i think it could mm-hmm. be in like i think those are big yeah as i've like spent more time in the area it's like feels like it's become so much smaller because mm-hmm. like it started out as oh my gosh it's this, this huge mountain. drainage and yeah it's yeah. a mountain and he could be in this drainage or this drainage or this drainage yeah. anywhere in there. And as I've spent a bunch of time in there, it's like, all right, no, he's probably only in this part of this drainage because this is the only spot there's sign. Yeah. Or this is the only spot. This this drainage doesn't even have any water and it's the first weekend of September. So he's probably not in there and stuff like that. Or this one has so much rock, yeah. no feed, like just areas that I've like after spending time in there have figured out like where elk probably aren't. And so I've been able to like spend more time where they are. Um, but when I just couldn't turn him up, I, in the spots that I thought he would be, I like had no idea where to look after there. And that's where 
I don't know if he But it's, it's risky business searching before season because then you're bumping elk. And yeah. then, like, that's, you know, you don't want to be doing that. Like, yeah. So, like, spend the off season. I would say the earlier the better. So, spend yeah. June, uh, July searching those timber pockets, even May. I mean, spend mm-hmm. that month spit searching timber pockets, tracking rubs, tracking signs, mark your trails. Like, I've talked about this before, like, run your onyx and walk elk trails. Mm-hmm. Like don't ever do that during the season. Cause you're just laying down yeah. your scent. But when you walk elk trails in May and you're like, where's this one go? Mm-hmm. Where's this one go? And then you pull it up on your onyx. It's amazing. What like, Oh, okay. This is they starting to make sense. See how this funnel, like, okay, these elk are moving here. And then utilize that information by hunting a little bit different opening, like opening weekend. I want you to have a solid game plan of where you think the best opportunity for him to be is yeah, like he's, he's not, he's not going to be rutting. He's not going to mm-hmm. be like, he's going to be going to feed and working his way back through a timber patch. Yeah. He's going to be lazy enough that he's going to be after daylight. So like if, you know, like dudes did this in the, on the coast in Oregon and killed giants opening weekend and just being on the right trail with a tree stand, like yeah. sounds ridiculous. Yeah. I've thought about packing in a tree stand with how I've seen them move. Like they did some, they were really consistent like through the summer and into season and that's how i ended up killing the bull i did because he did the same thing three days in a row Uh went up the same exact trail took his cows like so when i saw him out in the open and he bugled at me as i was packing up my tent i was like i know where he's going so i just sprinted the big bull did no the 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 one i the smaller one that i killed um when Yeah. yeah when he bugled i was like okay i know where he's going he did this the two mornings before and so if I had a tree stand on that trail, I definitely could have killed yeah. that bull because he was doing the same thing every day. Um, and like, I, you know, opening weekend, if I had, like, let's make two scenarios here. You had game camp picture of a giant bull with a bull you killed. Opening day, or let's say the couple days before, day before opening day, you see herd, no big bull. And you're like, okay, he's not in there. That makes sense. He's not yep. not going to be. Uh, but then there's a bachelor herd. Like I'm going to follow the bachelor herd and I don't think he's going to be in the bachelor herd, but I think they're hanging around him. I'm going to be around him. Yeah. That's what usually what I find is like, he's not in the bachelor herd, mm-hmm. but they're this young group of bulls that doesn't hang out with the cows yet. They're close to the cows. Mm-hmm. He's never very far. Like I yeah. always find like there's a big bull. Cause like you'll look in August and they're like, say there's a bachelor group together. And then the little bulls are kind of like hanging out pretty close by. They yeah. don't like want to be in on the action. They just don't know what to do. Yeah. You know, they're not, they haven't been with the cows. So they're not going over there. They've been kind of following these big bulls around, but then like the big bulls by himself. And some of these, don't get me wrong. Like your bull could go 20 miles yeah. for all I know. I'm not saying I never have a chance. <laughs> <killing Yeah. him. laughs> but if I was you and that's, that's just how I would play it. I'm looking for dark timber, steep timber, that's got it's probably a perfect spot where the wind's going to swirl. Like that's where he's going to lay down. Like mm-hmm. he's going to bed down. He's probably rubbing. I mean, big bulls rub. They rub a lot. Yeah. And that's the thing is like when you find a ton of rubs, it could be just a bunch of younger bulls, but mm-hmm. it could be one big bull. Yeah. You know, if it's a dark timber and it's like on that slope and everything makes sense, like, yeah. You know, and I think mm-hmm. opening weekend's a solid chance to kill a giant like that. Yeah. But. Um. Yeah, and then I was seeing I was seeing bulls. So we found I found a bunch down low and then up higher where kind of where people went, where people all are walking through and stuff, there's some parks and at in 
like late in the evening, right before sunset, I would start seeing bulls like walking out into these parks. And this is like early season. And I was tempted to like pack up and go all the way up in there. Um, but I don't know like how you hunt those bulls when they're just like, they're still like bachelored up. I couldn't tell what they were because my glass yeah. wasn't good enough. I could just tell that they were bulls. Um, but they're hitting like these, uh, just a couple of different little patches of meadows and parks. Yeah. Like half hour before dark, they'd pop out. And I don't know if you just like go in there and cow call in that timber that's near those. Um, opening weekend. Yeah. Like opening weekend and second weekend. I saw them. So what's going to happen. And this is like, so go back to scouting and this is how your scouting should uh, evolve right throughout the summer. You should be looking for trails, sign you need to be like categorizing all this stuff by august now you need to be glassing till last light you should be looking for a big bull like you should he should be close like he's gonna start you know close to where he was gonna be right mm-hmm. um and granted like if you find a big bull in the summer in july great you know i just wouldn't spend all my time doing that mm-hmm. whereas in august like till i cannot see anymore like those bulls will start popping out and a lot of times when i find a big bull it's because I'm finding elk and then within proxy of that, here comes a big bull like right after dark mm-hmm. or right at dark close. So if I'm seeing if I'm seeing a herd in this meadow and a couple meadows away, kind of maybe on the next hill, there's a bachelor group. My eye is at the bachelor group. Like there's gotta be, I'm, I'm looking to see if there's a big bull that's hanging out. He's not going to be in the bachelor group. He's going to be like 200 yards away and he's not going to stand up until like it's almost too dark to see. Mm-hmm. So I'm keeping tabs on that. Like that's what I want to see in August is like, and there's places I went back to multiple times because I was seeing bachelor herd, I was seeing elk and I was like, there's gotta be a big bull in here. Let's keep looking, keep looking. And finally, um, and he popped out like 20 minutes before dark, but I had looked at that herd, that group two or three different times mm-hmm. and never seen a good bull uh was like okay there's not much here but yeah. then the third time was like outpox you know a nice three sixty three seventy bull and you're like mm-hmm. oh damn there he is yeah so uh but then i you know i was there i scouted the whole week before season and so i was out a couple nights never saw him again never you know he had to been there mm-hmm. but who knows you know he, he just won't stand up yeah i would put my bet that he was somewhere near the bachelor group as you get closer to season that bachelor group's gonna start getting closer and sometimes they'll be with the herd whatever and then a the day they're off on their own like wherever they're going i tend to lean towards that big bulls hiding somewhere where they're going mm-hmm. so like i feel like and this is my opinion that the bachelor herd is kind of bouncing between the big bull and the cows like they're kind of on hang out with him like or whatever not always true but like that's if i was a betting man and I was looking at a bachelor herd up on a hill. It was coming into a park right at dark. I'd be very interested in where they're going in the middle of the day. And then I would, you know, hope the wind's probably not going to be right. The I, I mean, this they're going to bed where they're going to walk to the, yeah. you know, whatever. So either going to catch them coming back to their bed um, or trying to catch them coming out, like one or the other, right? Mm-hmm. The problem is, is, like, if you're only looking for a big bull, going after that bachelor herd is probably not the answer. He's close, but you don't want to mess up the dynamic. You don't want to bump mm-hmm. the the satellites just to, you know, he's going to, you're never going to see him and he's going to be gone. Um, so, like, I'm keeping an eye on them, but I don't think I would go up there and hunt the satellites unless I wanted to kill one. 
um, I would stay away and I'd keep watching. Or I'd, you know, try to like get different angle or try to like figure out where he's coming into. And he may not come into the same park. Like he could be coming into, it's kind of hard to do on a visual, but like Montana is always like, there's like parks that are connected or whatever. And sometimes you'll see him come out over here, like away from them or whatever. I still like, I think he's close, but I wouldn't risk bumping it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So then, yeah, that kind of answers that. Let's play the scenario where, so I'm like scouting this summer. Obviously, I haven't found his sheds or anything, so I don't even know if he's alive. So let's say you went to a ranch and he got killed during. Which is um, funny because I sent you that picture oh that I got. And I, I was sent, like, when I saw that picture, I was like, that's the same bull. Yeah. Guaranteed. When you sent me that, my heart like <laughs> sunk down. Oh, God. Well, I so I, I got a picture from a buddy of a buddy that was, and the area was right and everything. And it was like six by seven. It was a giant yeah. that this kid killed. And, uh, and I was like, oh, it's gotta be the same bull. And I sent it to Matthew, but the six or the sevens on a different side. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, <laughs> at first I was like, oh no. They sent like how many inches they scored it at or whatever. And I was like, oh God, you're kidding me. And then I like looked at it for a second longer. And I was like, no, that's not the bull I chased. This one's got six yeah. on the left and seven on the right. So I was could still be alive. Yeah, he could still be alive. But play the scenario where he got killed or winter kill or whatever. How do you kind of restart the process of like finding another big bull? Like, am I going to kind of try and stick in the same area until I like can kind of confirm that there's not like a brute there and then I'm going to go look for different areas or like now should I start looking for areas where a big bull could live even though like their headgear isn't going to be showing like how big they are until like August, really like July for sure. That's a really good question. Cause here's how I would approach it. You know, that area pretty well. Mm -hmm. I would spend the next, I would spend June and let's just say June and July, even May new areas. I want, I don't, I want more areas and I want to learn them very well. You kind of know that area pretty well. And I think you could go back in August and check. You know what I mean? Like you could spend two months, three months trying to get categorized three new areas very, very well. Mm -hmm. And then I would go back and, you know, periodically go back once I can start seeing how big horns are, you know, into July. Yeah. You're going to be able to see big bulls and they're going to be out. Um, And so like maybe one day a week, you know, if you only have the weekends of scout, I would go one day a week and it would your best glass spot, glass light, first light. Yeah. But I wouldn't spend the time. Generally speaking, this is like, it just depends on the area. Some areas hold a lot of giants, you know, like where I kill my bull, I don't even think he was the biggest bull. So like, I'm perfectly fine going in the same spot and be like, okay, I got a little bit of knowledge. I'm going to go back to this area. Certain areas in Montana don't hold as many big bulls. Like 350 bulls are pretty rarity, right? Right. With how much hunting pressure there is and stuff here. Like a 350 is just like not. Yeah. The fact that I found one, like a big one is like. Yeah. Kind of surprising, and I don't really expect to like. So then I wouldn't put a bunch like of that. effort into that. I would put more effort into finding something new. So like, yeah. it just depends a lot on what I think the his- history of that area. I mean, Montana's cool because like a three fifty bull could really come from any mountain range and anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wouldn't rule it out. I would not rule it out, and I also wouldn't rule out that he's dead. But I would probably not put all my eggs in that basket yeah. because this is what's, this is what happens. Like when you really want to be a three or one level hunter, you got to have lots of options. Yeah. You know, it's nothing for me to bounce across the state, you know, three times 
and be like, okay, this one's, you know, it's not like, let's go here. Um, and I think that's important because if you put all your eggs in that one area, that one honey hole, what if there's never, what if there's a yeah. 300 bull there? Yeah. I mean, that's great. I mean, they moved own. cows into it, like, like cattle cows into yeah. it late archery season the previous year and that screwed it all up. So yeah. like if they did that and they had sheep in there this year in August. So if they I would do something spend, like that. I would spend your time finding new areas, I'm screwed, man. yeah. So and I, found, I would almost do that even if you knew he was alive. Like if today you were like, the six by seven still alive. Mm-hmm. I would still, I would have fallbacks. Yeah. I would not put all my eggs in that basket. Cause that's, I mean, it's cool that you found a bull there. It's just not like super yeah, ideal. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so then like I was out shed hunting, scouting kind of, um, like two, three weeks ago. And I found two bulls that were like big saggy bellies. Um, they were already growing. They had like three or four inches of stub, um, growing back. And like, they look like they're, they're going to be like pretty mature bulls, mm-hmm. like kind of looking at them compared to they were hanging out only a couple hundred yards from a group of like 90, 100 cows with some spikes in it. Um, and this hillside that they were on was like tore up. They've been wintering there all year. Um, but it was just the two of them. And yeah, like I said, like their bodies just showed that they're going to be like pretty good bulls. Should I keep looking in that area kind of? like check back in that area late this summer or are they going to move between let's say april like early april and then september or is it like they're not even going to be in the same vicinity it's so hard to say yeah i mean just got to check back kind of dude it's uh, it's impossible for to answer that yeah having said that i mean there's a good chance and it depends on historical area like how far your elk move i've hunted elk in montana that move a really really long ways i've hunted elk in montana that don't move Mm-hmm. Um, same with every other state. It's really hard to say. Having said that, me seeing two, I don't care if they're ancient bulls tomorrow, I would not put much effort. Yeah. I, w- I would like, it was cool to see. That's yeah, about gotcha. what I got. Out of it. Like, <laughs> like if you go I, in and find a bunch of rubs and that sort of yeah, deal. Like, I mean, Montana bulls move quite a bit. Gotcha. Um, I'm not putting a ton of, yeah. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Like that's, it could be right f- next mountain range for all you yeah. know. I mean, there's a good chance. There's a good chance those bulls are there. There's a good chance it was two good bulls. Um, I saw one this weekend that was, you know, like real old. It was cool. He like kind of like almost blonde on yeah. his mane. And I I was like, it looked like he walked out of the bar hammered, like just haggard. <laughs> like he barely yeah. made it through winter. Like yeah. he barely made it yeah. like bad. And I was like, that bull looks rough. Yeah. And it looked ancient. Yeah. Probably was a good bull. I have no idea. Yeah. Like I wouldn't even begin to know where to start looking for start him. looking for him. Yeah. Like, God, dude, that's like hard. Yeah. And, but I think people do that. Like, I think there's a lot of people like, oh shit, I saw elk here. You think oh, I saw elk here in June. And you're like, oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, moved I mean, from... I see cow- if you see cows, cows don't usually go so far. Yeah, because there was like, I mean, I would think they'd kind of split up between the drainages there. Like I covered from the truck, I covered like four kind of different drainages just bouncing across them. And mm. the all these cows were in one big group. I saw them from a ways off kind of down low. And then they worked their way up into this drainage. And the hillside was just, I mean, there was hair. It looked like somebody gave somebody a haircut on the whole entire hillside. Nah. Like they would just been in there like crazy. Well, they're giving out haircuts out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but the other thing is like when it comes to killing big bulls and, I, you know, as much as you want to learn 
301 realistically like i still consider myself a 201 right like yeah. I'm still i can consistently kill elk but i don't by any stretch of imagination think i can Not kill killing 350 bulls 350 every bulls year, yeah. every year right <laughs> um so i think there's always this middle ground between 201 and 301 of, of wanting to achieve like to be able to kill 350 bulls every year like, that's awesome that's cool yeah. but at the end of the day like 322 bull walks out in front of you you're gonna shoot it like, yeah that's what it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, for sure and i think you're balancing knowing this area really well. And I think you're getting to that point where you know it. You're and you're this is teaching you a lot about elk country. Like it's teaching mm-hmm. you how they behave. Yeah, like, I find elk like in areas I've never been to, all of a sudden I just am like finding elk now. Whereas yeah. like the first year in twenty seventeen I hunted three weekends and I never saw an elk yeah. like for three weekends of hunting. And then now, like, I go out and I'm going skiing and I'm accidentally, like, picking elk country. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just running into elk everywhere anymore. And so, yeah, I think learning this area, knowing, like, what kinds of, I mean, I, I think you just kind of subconsciously do it. You're like, oh, that slope is just, like, the right yeah. slope for Looks them to elky. bet on. Or yeah. that's, you know, that timber is just right. And so I think if I was like, okay, if you want to be to like killing a 350 every year, like even getting a shot at a 350 bull every year, mm-hmm. split your time now. Like don't become an expert in one thing. Like don't don't become the craftsman that's like the best at this one area yeah. because it's always going to screw you. And so spend split your time learning one new new area, maybe two new areas, mm-hmm. and like start there. You can always fall back, and you're always going to scout this one a little bit every weekend too, or every other weekend or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. but. Spend some time learning new because the one thing I've seen a lot of people, they get good at elk hunting one area or one yeah. type of elk and they're like, I'm an expert. You know, like I've never been so humbled as when I started hunting all over the country and been like, wow, this is completely different. Yeah. But it also teaches you new things, right? Like, so you're going to learn how to hunt elk in a different way or elk do different things in different regions, right? Mm-hmm. So learning to hunt those is huge. Um, so I would spend half your time trying to like figure out a new elk. Mm-hmm. And focus on something that's going to get you a big bull. So maybe instead of like when you first started hunting in the area and like, okay, this is a good elk area. Now you have that good elk area. You always have that fallback. Focus on the fringes. Like focus on what's not looking for the most amount of elk, but yeah. where elk can get old. Right. Prioritize that. Yeah. Yeah. Over like tons of elk. Tons of elk leads to tons of people. Yep. Yeah, for sure. There's <laughs> there's tons of people. And yeah, I have a hard time like seeing an elk growing. Like if you kind of relate it back to whitetail again, like if there was as much pressure um hunting as much hunting pressure in an area as there is on, on whitetail as there is elk here, like I would not expect yeah. to see like a brute. Like once in a blue moon you hear about that guy killing that for sure. 180 buck on public land like i killed a pretty good one that was living on public land its whole life but it was like a fluke like it yeah, shouldn't right. have happened yeah Got really you can't lucky. consistently do no, that you can't year. consistently do it and so yeah i have like the spot where if i need to like come and kill 280 bull or whatever because i can't totally. find anything then i think like i've got that spot on lockdown but maybe looking for areas that people you say like you're going elk hunting there or something to a buddy yeah. and they're like why are you going there like yeah. just because it's not known yeah but like there's there's gonna be I mean there's like elk everywhere in this state, it seems like once you dig into it. And For sure. so if you can find somewhere where they can't get to like private very easy where they can pick out the biggest bull every year mm-hmm. where he's living on stuff that's tough to find him in all year and 
where there's not much hunting pressure, I might be able to. The other thing is like the one thing that I'm seeing within Montana, Montana's funny. It's just so different, but there's a lot of areas. It's not a very glassable state overall. Like Mm -hmm. you'd think it would be, but it's not, but people tend to focus on very glassable areas. And so it's like, how do you, how do you become a ninja in areas that aren't like, how do you Mm -hmm. become like, maybe you figure out, you know, this slope, and these pockets, they're holding, you know, and I'm going to tree stand hunt on opening weekend or whatever. Yeah. Like, finding big bulls. So maybe like your, your auxiliary hunt, like you have your primary area. You're like, I know I can kill a bull in here. If there's a big bull, I'm going to find him. And then these are like, I'm going to throw this line out. You know, I'm going to throw this random lure out that mm-hmm. I don't know if anything's going to buy it, but maybe I find out that like, Hey, this is the, this is what works. So when I do that, I'm like, okay, I'm looking for this type of timber patch on this type of slope in an area that's not going to be notoriously hunted. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to try to like slip through and kill a bull that way. Uh, and keep playing until you figure out like what your type of spe- specific I don't know, style is, so yeah. to speak. Are you going to get like, how long does it kind of take before you're discouraged? Like, let's say you go into an area in the summer and you find a bunch of rubs. It's an area where nobody hunts. Like you get to trailhead opening day. Nobody's there no sign of people all summer, whatever. Um, you never found like a huge bull, but there's just sign there, like rub super high, tons of rubs everywhere. There's a little bit of like maybe cow sign or something too. Like, you know, there could be a bull. There could be a like just absolute tanker there that nobody would ever know about. How long are you hunting that before you kind of fall back to somewhere where there's like more elk, where there's, you saw like, a pretty decent bull, like 300 yeah. bull, but you're hunting an area where there might be just like an insane bull. How long are you going to kind of give that? I'll, so I have a few of those areas in, in different states and I have different approach, approaches in different states. For the most part, though, like what I'll do, I'll have a couple little hidey holes that aren't hard to get to, but I'm like, man, there's a little bit of elk sign. What usually happens is there's a little bit of elk sign in there. Mm-hmm. And it seems like September elk sign. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's weird because there's not very much, but there's yeah. enough, you know. And honestly, like I'll spend, I'll bounce back and forth these places. So let's like hypothetically say like somewhere that's, you know, I got to cross a river and there's this little pocket, but it's all timbered up. And I saw some elk sign in there. I'll probably sneak back in there, hike to where I can bugle at it. And I'll, I would bugle at it at night. And mm-hmm. so I'd come okay. in once a week yeah. and like, Hey, I'm going to run down to this spot. Like John and I had spots like this growing up. We'd be like, let's go check this spot. Yeah. And like 99 times there was never anything there. Yeah. And then one time you get a bugle, you're like, ha ah. uh, Yeah. And it, you obviously think he's a giant because mm-hmm. it's like, it's this magic hole where yeah. no one lives <laughs> except for this troll. And usually it's not, but that's like, that would be my approach. I would find like those little pockets where I can like climb up on a ridge and, you know, it's going to take me 45 minutes from the pickup and I'm bugling to once. Nobody's doing that. Promise yeah, you. Right. Like, yeah. I found one spot like scouting last year. I was like trying to hit up some new spots and I got discouraged right away because I never like saw an elk there. Yeah. I went there twice, but there was like, there was, it was a super like shaley, super steep, yeah. not much like feed. Like no real reason I would see like a bunch of elk living there, yep. but there was rubs and there was a little bit of scat and stuff. And so I was like, God, there's, there's gotta be a big bull here. I wasn't ready to like commit 
Dude, that like, could be your October bulldog. And the, here's yeah. the thing about that. Like sometimes, and this is why I go once a week or whatever, and just he's he's gonna be in there at some point. Like this mm-hmm. bulls, it's either his Heidi hole or it's his preseason hole. Like I don't really know yet. So he could be in there August 25th to September 5th. That could be like the time he's living in that mm-hmm. hole. And like I'll so I'll I'll go in and bugle it, you know, at night. Cause I feel like at night I have a solid chance, like I would say, especially say opening or week before season here. He's not going to be daytime, like mm-hmm. pretty rare, but I might get him. If I spend 20, 30 minutes doing locate bugles, like I'll just go up on a hill, sit there, bugle a few times. And he probably answer me at night. Yep. And I'm like, cool, he's in here. <clears throat> now getting to killing that bull is yeah, a whole nother a story. story. But yeah. like, you may find out, like you may go in this spot once a week for four weeks and never hear a bugle. You're like, I'm over it. And then October 5th, you go in there and you know, maybe you hear one, maybe you don't, maybe yeah. you see some sign, yeah. you know, another way to, to check those is, uh, you know, I'm just thinking of a certain pocket. Like I used to hike up bugle this ridge and I would go check the, like the saddle to see if anything came through there. Oh yeah. You know, like there's an entry point yeah. that he's probably coming through. Mm-hmm. That's a shot in the dark. But if it's close to where you're bugling and it's like worth looking at, you're like, okay, let's walk this mm-hmm. through this little saddle see if any elk tracks up there. But yep. did I, I found elk that way, like just elk tracks through a salad. You're like, I know he's in here. Yep. <laughs> like he may have went right through it and he's gone, yep. but he went through it. You yeah, know, we like, did that. We did that in rifle season. We we knew these elk were moving kind of between these two ridges and we're like, well, if we find tracks, like we had fresh snow, or like if we yeah. find tracks, we're going to be able to find these elk. And it was just a buddy trying to kill a cow. Um, and we followed those tracks for so far and they never stopped. And we're like, well, they're out of the country. Yeah. Like they're gone. But it was like good to know that at least like the elk had been there and had moved through. Like had we been there at the right time, yeah, then like we could have got it done. And so that's kind of the deal with those. Like, and sometimes in those spots, like those elk say, say a September, not a rifle, but like say September, that bull may not talk to you if you're standing on like the ridge ridge, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes these elk won't say anything until you're in the canyon with them. Yeah, like, that brings up like good point. I noticed that this year, like the one day that I spent like kind of on the trails that everybody else is on, you get to like this little spot yeah. where it's like, it's a bugle oh, point. Every, yeah, bugle point. <laughs> and like nothing would answer. But like the day before I was like getting into bugles like crazy, like even opening weekend this year, we, we called... My buddy and I, we called four bulls in under 45 yards. We never got a shot. And because we were kind of in, we went about it this roundabout way um, Mm -hmm. through these canyons. And then we ran into a guy on a horse um, that night. And uh, maybe it was the second night of season or something. And he's like, how are you guys doing? We're like, oh, well, we've been like in them. We just haven't been able to like pull a trigger. And he's like, God, I haven't heard a bugle the whole time. But he's like bugling from his horse, like on the trails and stuff. And I'm like. Dude, if you just got off your horse and hiked into the bottom of these drainages, yeah. like, and then, so we, I kind of tested it, like, kind of the whole season, like, go, when I would kind of run across a spot that I knew people were hitting, I'd, like, bugle, and it's like, no, of course they don't bugle, but then I'd dive down in and with them and wait until maybe it's, like, four o'clock in the afternoon, like, getting towards being darker, and you, you're in there with them, and then they'll pipe off like crazy. Oh, sure, and, like, if you find one of those, like, little those dark pocket canyons where you're like, I know there's a bull in here. Mm-hmm. Like work that thing, get on that North slope. And if you find, you know, two thirds of the way up, there's a lot of sign to get just above it. Work, just work that side hill and like do your calling. 
Mm-hmm. A lot of times that'll get an answer. Whereas on the ridge, the other thing is like Montana in general. It's so windy here that like I've realized you got to get into a canyon yeah, they because can't even hear they can't you. hear you. Yeah. Uh, and or it sounds a million miles away. Yeah. You know? Whereas you drop in to where you're like below the wind. Yeah, it's probably swirling, but like all of a sudden, like the whole echo goes through the canyon. It sounds like a bull screaming in that canyon mm-hmm. instead of like doo-doo up on the yeah. hill. So you you're know? gonna be kind of more strategic, especially with a big bull. Like he's smart enough, like he might yeah. run away as soon as he hears yeah. the. Dude, the other thing that people don't understand, like in my opinion, strictly my opinion, big bulls aren't gonna just hit the first locate. Right. Like, yeah. He's not gonna answer you. Like he doesn't feel he has to. Yeah. Um. So sometimes. And this is especially like opening weekend, throwing those scenarios out where you're like calcon a little bit, and then you let you know some some bugles and like make it sound like two bulls are bugling. Bring some like, sheds out there and start whacking them. Yeah, like, <laughs> then you might get an answer. And yeah. then sometimes it's like a ooh, ooh, yeah, ooh, just a little, like just a little. And but like the, if you're walking around with your primos bugle and you f- pipe one off, listen. Nope, next canyon. You know, yeah, like that's not how I'm gonna kill a yeah, kill not, a big one. Yeah, and yeah. it's like you gotta. Be more patient. You got to look in places where no one else is looking. And sometimes mm-hmm. that's not harder. It's like, it's not deeper. It's not farther. Like that bull. I like, I like going back to your scenario. I almost guarantee that bull is close by. Yeah. He could hear you bugling almost yeah. all season. You kill that bull at 15th. So it was only like what a week into season. Yeah. I had to, I hunted like the opening weekend and then the second weekend I, Arrowed him on that Monday, and then we had the whole fiasco of actually <laughs> killing him. <laughs> so Wednesday, we ended up yeah. packing him out and didn't hear anything. It was Wednesday? Didn't see anything. Yeah. Yeah, I arrowed him. Monday? Monday morning, and then we actually... Have we told that I, on the podcast? No, we haven't had that no. story. Should we tell that one on the podcast? We can. We can do a do quick... tell it? <laughs> I can do a quick rundown. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll get right into it. My... One of my buddies, uh, one of my roommates who does an elk hunt, uh, wanted to just come out with me for the weekend because um, I didn't have anybody to go with. And um, he's like, yeah, I can just like rake for you or whatever. I'll just kind of like hang out. And so he comes out with me on Friday night. I get like pretty close to a decent five point, but didn't want to push it like he was out in the open country. Um, then Saturday morning, we wake up and we're like chasing this bull headed from where they were feeding down low up. They're moving up the timber. Um, we chase this bull. He just like does the you bugle and he moves like 60 yards further and you just like can't get any closer to him. Um, getting to a couple of bulls that night. Uh, my buddy's got to leave. So then the next morning, wake up, do the exact same thing. The same bull. He had kind of a unique bugle, but the same bull walks the same trail. Um, like kind of at the same pace, taking me up. I actually, this day, cut him off kind of at this like random little park, um, but he wouldn't come across the park. He was like 65, 70 yards across, um, raking a tree. You could see the tree just going like crazy, but he was not going to come across this open park. And like his cows were kind of, I was almost between him and his cows, so I was kind of surprised that he didn't come after me, but he just kind of, we saw him walk the edge of the park and he left. Um and then that night, um, got to 55 yards from him out where they were feeding. Um, same bull. is just like spending a bunch of time with this bull this weekend, I guess. Got to 55 yards, but I'm not one to shoot that far. Um, and so I just let him be, snuck out of there. And then the next morning, I'm like, okay, it's Monday morning now. And I'm like, well, I got to 
just kind of hunt my way back to the truck because I had class at like three on Mondays or something. And so I was just like packing up my tent, getting ready to hike back. And this bull out in the middle and like in the middle of the open and sagebrush just bugles at me as I got my bright yellow tent, like (laughs) sitting out, like everything out of my pack, just trying to organize some stuff and whatever. And I'm like, Jesus, this is the same bull. Like I know where he's headed. So I grab my rangefinder, my bugle tube and my bow. Like I left my pack because I knew I needed to be fast because his cows were all in front of him. I knew right where they were headed. So like hit the dirt and start crawling in the long grass. So I could just like, get as many as close as I could until he like kind of went up over this knoll. Um, and then I started running and I kind of cut him off, um, right behind him kind of in the open still before he got into the timber. And I, um, kind of try to act like a bull getting too close to his cows and it kind of worked. He got to 60 yards up just on the other side of this little knoll. I could see his antlers and the top of his head and that was it, but he wasn't going to come any closer and give me a shot so then he works his cows into this timber patch on the same trail as the two days before and as soon as he gets like as soon as i can't see his butt anymore in that timber patch i just hauled butt at him like sprinted like 200 yards at him there's still there's like a spike and two raghorns out in the open and they're just like what the hell (laughs) like what is going on and he didn't seem to care that like i spooked them off and so as soon as i got to that timber i ripped just the grossest i'm not a good caller Cody knows (laughs) that i ripped just the grossest bugle and started raking a tree and he bugled right back like pretty pissed off and that made like two other bulls bugle around me but i didn't care about those maybe the big six by seven was one of those bulls i have no idea but i was like this is the bull like that i'm gonna kill if i can get him in um and so he like bugles probably 120 yards away or something like that um and so i'm like okay well he's gonna just play this stupid game of like moving up and So I like start walking up towards him and then all of a sudden I see like legs coming at me like 70 yards through the timber. So I like hit the deck. Um, I'd like just raked behind me. So it was like kind of perfect timing of like he thought I was like 30 yards further back than I was. Um, And so I quick quick range a tree at like 45 and 25. Um, He is walking right down this trail, rips a bugle at 35. and then has to like pick a um a right or a left at the trail and he goes right which is right by the tree that i just ranged at 25 so he's standing right behind this tree i draw let the arrow fly and i don't know what happened um i'm still trying to figure that out i have nightmares about it but i hit that bull so far back um like in his back ham um like right in front of the hand right in front of the hand yeah like pretty much at the seam between the back leg and the um, belly. And so as soon as I let the arrow fly, like I thought it was good and then saw where it hit and I was like, oh, that's not a good shot. (laughs) And so I instantly just back out and I drive back to Bozeman because I'm like, if I stay here, I'm going to start trying to track him. And so I was like, I'm backing out, driving back to Bozeman, getting some help. So I get help from the my buddy that normally elk hunts with me. And he uh, he helps me track it that night a little bit, but the wind started going where the bull went, so we're like, we don't want to bump him. He's probably not dead yet. 
So then we camp out that night and come in from a different way in the morning and just happen upon him in the bottom of this drainage, like didn't blood trail him to where he was. We just saw him bedded and could see like the hit on him. Um, so we watched him all day and my buddy had to go back to work. So I drove him back to Bozeman, um, went and then drove back that night, got eyes on him right before dark and drove back to service and called Cody. And I was like, dude, I don't know what to do. Like this bull's had a, been hit for like 36 hours now um like do i just go in there well, you called like, me sunday i think it was yeah i might have called yeah because you call me sunday and you're like ah dude i bad shot real bad yeah. shot and i was like well i'm like <laughs> i i had no thoughts that you'd find that ball yeah. like, well you know like told me where he hit it and i was like that's not yeah like, I, everybody was like that ball's gone yeah look for look for buzzards you yeah. know and i so i gotta give matthew props for sticking after it and a lot of it's luck like you said but yeah uh, it turns up the bowl. And then, so Tuesday night, I think you tried to get in there. You're like, dude, I can't yeah, get within I, could, I just couldn't get in. Yeah. He was he like wide open. Me. He was, yeah, in the bottom of like this bowl, like just any angle you tried to get. The one right. angle that maybe you could get to like 70, that's where the wind was coming from. Yeah. And people said like, don't worry about the wind on a hit bowl. But I just like did not want to lose this bowl. I knew where yeah. he was. Like he was going to die here if he didn't get bumped. Yeah. So. So then Tuesday night calls me. It's like, I gotta go. I got nobody, nobody go with me. I'm gonna go back in. And I was like, well, I'll go with you. Like, like, mm-hmm. let's just go. So I load up, like, cause this is bear country, mind <laughs> you. So I got like 4570, my Glock. And like, yeah. this is a bull that's been wounded for 36 hours in not friendly grizzly country. Yeah. And I was like, okay, here we go. Uh, thinking for sure we're like, have to run a bear <laughs> off this thing. But Wednesday we went in, he's still batted. Yeah, still same like spot. Like hadn't sick. moved 15 yards in 48 yeah. hours. So we put a stock on him. We snuck. We got to about 60 before he could see us. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, all right, Matthew, just keep walking. Just keep walking. I was yeah. like, just walk right up. I was like, he let us get to 60. Like yeah. he's going to let us get to you know, yeah. 15. So, he let me get to like 12 or 15 yards. Yeah, before so you got to 15, up. Matthew smoked him and still stood there yeah stood there for a second and then tipped over yeah and i was like we're getting this thing out in one pull <laughs> like i was like we got to go yep. like right now you could smell it in the air oh, You're like yeah. we got to go now so yeah. we loaded we had that thing we had pictures we didn't lose much meat at all. yeah i ended up having to trim a little off of that and back ham that i hit just because they were like guts got into it but but other than that we grabbed that bull and we hiked out in one load. And yeah, that was a heavy well, load. We made one load about 200 yards. <laughs> had to go back for a quarter, kind had of. Had to go back. Shuffled a quarter between the two of us. But we got it out of immediate danger, I would say. Yeah. Uh, in quick. one load. So, yep. and then, guess first bull. Yeah. And not exactly got, how you want your first bull to go. No, not at all. And but I've had. Props for sticking with it. Yeah, I had a whitetail kind of same story. I got long on that. Like it was a good shot. I just didn't get good penetration when I was younger, shooting yeah. lighter poundage bow and kind of same deal. Like tracked him forever, lost blood, just by miracle found him, chased him down. Like I guess I'm just good at tracking down <laughs> wounded. I need to get better at. I'm going to call just, you when I wound one next time. Yeah. I. I've been able to track them down, but we're hoping that maybe the next one I can watch fall. <laughs> That's a whole lot easier. <laughs> Dude, I still, like, because I've lost two now. Uh, one totally, I guess one. And then um, every time I shoot a bull, man, it's, like, just gut sinking yeah, until it's dead. Until you find it. And the last two yeah. I've watched fall, and there's, like, so it's only been, like, 30 seconds mm-hmm. of, like, 
Is it gonna, yeah. yeah, and then it's like tip over. Like, Thank you. Yeah, and I had been like trying to be really good at not taking bad shots. Like I had passed up a forty-five well, yard dude, shot. You passed up a fifty-five yard shot. Oh like, yeah, that one. Most uh, people would never do that. Yeah, and even I, if they'd never practiced in fifty-five, <laughs> they'd be like, eh, "I'm sending it." Yeah, no. And at forty-five yards, the year before, I passed one up just because there was like one twig that I was like, I might hit that twig, and it might deflect into his leg, like. I don't know. I just did not want to wound my first bowl. And then that's what I did. Like at 26 yards, just absolutely shanked it. And like, you know, you think under 30, like it's, you could, yeah, you could hit a quarter. Like it's just, I still don't know how it happened, but uh, that was, yeah, gut wrenching for 48 hours until we had him even on the pack out. We Dude, I've, I've never, Never skinned and got an elk so fast in my life. Like, <laughs> we just hacked yeah. that thing up and got the hell out of there. Yeah, so. made it for class that afternoon and everything. A little bloody <laughs> still, but. <laughs> uh, awesome. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, good luck this year. Yeah. I guess now now the can... people are going to be like, hey, if you don't kill it six by seven. Yeah. Now everybody's going to be like, what happened? You're a horrible hunter. <laughs> you had Cody's help and you still couldn't get it done. Yeah, I don't but... know if that's any good. No. <laughs> all righty, guys. Alrighty guys, thanks for tuning in to the Elk Hunt Podcast. If you love elk hunting content, tips and tactics, all that jazz, then go leave this podcast a review wherever you listen to podcasts at. Much appreciated. And if you're interested, go check out our Elk Hunt 201 course. It's a four-step system for doubling your success. It's a great resource, and it's going to make you a better hunter. I guarantee that, or we'll refund your money. Uh, If you don't get anything out of it, if you don't get $30 out of it, then we'll definitely refund your money. So go check it out. Link in the show notes.